mood. When your day is long. For the first half of the season for the Milwaukee Ewers. Gonna let the REM serenade us a little bit here. As the All-Star break is very, very much needed for every team in Major League Baseball. Sure you've had enough. I think I might have had enough. But especially for the Milwaukee Brewers. Losers, eight of their last 11. Only a half game up, first place in the NL Central. Lost three to four to the Giants. Josh Hader at Friday night in the Saturday morning. Yeah, I was crying a lot over the weekend, I'll tell you that. As their Brewers. something. Sometimes. Say good morning to one young Ben Kenny, though. Benjamin, what's up, dude? Happy Monday. It is a, believe it or not, it is a happy Monday, despite everybody hurts by R.E.M. playing. Yeah, I was going to come and throw a cold, wet blanket on the thoughts that the Brewers are still in first place, <laughs> because God, do they look bad right now. But I think you properly did it with this song. This song's almost as boring as watching their games. Hey, this R.E.M., Ben, I know you're younger than I. R.E.M. is an all-time band, but this song can put you to sleep. Exactly. My point. So, yeah. Good weekend. In terms of baseball, I mean, I what can we say about this team right now? Jason Alexander gets optioned. The cornice has officially collapsed. The cornice. Couldn't save the skiers below, which is sad. But they, they, they're choking away baseball games. They just cannot find a way to hold on to win. So I don't know if I should be concerned that they choke away the games or happy that they put themselves in position to win them. It's a weird spot. It's a weird day. It is a weird day. But this is uh, what the All-Star break is all about, Ben. We... Uh, we take a step back, we figure out our teams, and we go from there. And at the same time, we also watch the Midsummer Classic, which I, are you excited for the MLB All-Star game? I mean, Corbin Burns is pulled out. We already knew Josh Hader pulled out. We do have Devin Williams now, though, uh, in replace of Braves' Max Freed. Uh, I don't care if Josh Hader pulled out. I don't care if Corbin Burns pulled out. Hell, I wouldn't care if Devin Whoa. Williams said no thank you. Do you uh, get excited over the MLB All-Star game? I'll be more excited about the Derby tonight than I am the All-Star game. I'm excited to watch the All-Star game, to watch Pujols and Cabrera a final time, and because it's sports on a Tuesday. Nothing going on. Yeah. Like, I was a little kid on Christmas Eve, Friday night, even Thursday night, Saturday night before the Open Championship. I'm not going to feel that way, obviously. No, well, I mean, it's the, you know, the home run derby. There's not much going on to it. Former Madison Mallard, by the way, Pete Alonzo. Let's go. He actually won the home run derby, Ben. Uh, two, two times. Years, two times. Two time defending champion. So uh, we're going for the Madison Mallards connection with Pete Alonzo. Well, I am anyways. And then we'll see what happens for the home run derby. But yeah, the Midsummer Classic, tomorrow night, whatever. More pressing issues uh, to begin the show with the Milwaukee Brewers. I, <laughs> uh, so Ben, I'm at your article at madcitysportsone.com. Ben always, uh, every week, does the Brewers Week in Review. You can get them on Sundays it drops. And Ben... Uh, so every week that you've done a review for the Milwaukee Brewers, I feel like this one there's a lot of contention going into the All-Star break because you have one team, and thank God for the weather because I feel like the Cardinals probably would have won if they weren't rained out at Bush Stadium, but they possibly would have been tied for first place heading into the All-Star break. Instead, the Brewers still a half game up, but in your uh, Week in Review articles that you've been writing all season here well, once you started... How did this one feel writing it yesterday compared to the, all the other weeks leading up to the All-Star break? 
Honestly, it felt good. So here's the thing. I couldn't decide. Yeah, hear me out. I couldn't decide whether to come in today and be rational and be smart and try to talk sense into people or just to completely overreact to the the fact that this team has lost 8 of 11. (laughs) So writing that felt good because you go through those stretches in baseball where not only is one thing going wrong right now, everything is going wrong, including... I some mismanagement, I think, by Craig Council Oof. at the top. Mismanagement of the pitching staff and the lineups have been a little questionable. But everything's going wrong right now. Josh Hader can't get an out. The team can't hit. You know, you have Ashby and Alexander supposing to win a game on Sunday. It felt good to write because it kind of got all of the feelings out. I guess it would have felt worse to try to keep them in, but. It, it felt good to try to think through what has gone on. And that tweet by Kurt Hogg that's included in it. Oh, this is, uh, yeah, this is pretty eye-opening. Well, is it eye-opening? It's what the Brewers do, I guess. This is a trend for the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, first about their last six losses. Not about their... Oh, heading into the All-Star break? Not about their horrid record entering the All-Star oh, well, break. We both, great. Ben and I both have dueling tweets we'll get to. But... Yes, Ben, yeah, hit me well, with yours. Uh, so their last six losses, and this was before yesterday's game that they ended up losing nine to five to the Giants. Last six losses, most of them have been complete and utter choke jobs, to put it bluntly. First, they had a one nothing lead in the eighth against the Cubs. That was a Josh Hader loss in the ninth. Their win expectancy reached 80 percent that game. Then they blow a 3-0 lead in the seventh to Pittsburgh. That was when Council left Woodruff in the game too long. They lose that game. They blow a 4-3 lead in the sixth. That was when against the Cubs or maybe the Pirates, the bullpen gives up five runs and four innings. Then you have the walk-off three-run homer (laughs) in Minnesota. (laughs) We're going to... Which I'll call a choke job. I mean, Josh Hader's in there with the game time. Josh Hader's been choking nonstop these past couple weeks here. His ERA last week was like 80. Yeah, yeah. Uh, leading up, I mean, before, and we'll get to what happened on Friday night into Saturday morning and Man. what Ben was talking about in Minnesota right there. Josh Hader, after the Minnesota uh, debacle, his ERA was over 10, I do believe, in the month of July. It's It's got to be, we need NASA or SpaceX it's, to calculate it now. It's 20.25. So the last two then, after the walk-off homer, you have Friday night, the 5-2 lead in the ninth. They <laughs> lost 8-5, to five. one out was recorded. Incredible. We'll go through the sights and sounds incredible. coming up in a bit. And then you have the go-ahead run in the eighth inning on Saturday coming in because of a balk while the game was tied. And then you have the debacle on Sunday. But you look through those last six losses before yesterday. I mean, one of them on Friday, 97% win probability, 92% going back to that 3-0 lead when Woodruff got pulled. The others are in the 70s or the 80s. Like, they are choking away baseball games. They totally are. They're unbelievably... Cho- I mean, Friday night and a Saturday morning was the prime example, and before that, the Minnesota game you were talking about. And it's coming at the hands of a lot of it, Ben, on a guy that we thought was, you know, indestructible or you couldn't get to him. Uh, in the Minnesota game that you were referring to when Hader came in, they called him the world-class closer. Best in the majors, yada, yada, yada. And then he's looked like he's... Clark Kent with the kryptonite all over him. I don't know if you get the reference, but... Yeah, I do get that reference. He's not Superman. They got the kryptonite on him now, so he's just Clark Kent. He Spe- can't do nothing. Speaking of kryptonite, hear me out. I Good feel song like, by Big Boy. I feel like Josh Hader, at this point, is a very stable cryptocurrency. Oh. <laughs> where... Sorry, bottom note. For years. No, for years, he has given you consistent and unbelievable returns. 
yet you knew at one point, one day, it was going to crash down to earth before it worked itself back up. And so, Ben, uh, Dogecoin. So, for example, Dogecoin was an unknown coin for a while, an unknown commodity. And as a guy who has many Dogecoins still, I can, I'm speaking of <laughs> personal, uh, you know, things here. So Josh Hader, you know, really didn't know what you had for a while. And all of a sudden, Dogecoin starts going up. And I, I had Dogecoin. I bought it on a whim. I just bought it on a whim. It started going up. It went up to point. It went up to seven cents. Ben, I was making some straight bank, and Josh Hader going up just like Dogecoin. And all of a sudden, what happened? Uh, you know, about a month, two months ago, boom, cryptocurrencies bottoming out. Dogecoin now is worth like point seven cents. So Josh Hader also losing value fastly as we speak. The difference I'll draw here, I think, Bitcoin, though. is I don't know if Dogecoin is coming back. I'm sorry to say. I don't think it is. Bitcoin, for example, could come back. Could come back. I guess Josh Hader could be that. I wouldn't say he's as volatile as the Bitcoin. Yeah. Though he could be kind of like, and, and you might know the specific terminology better than myself. Could be more of a Bitcoin for hater he also could just be like that best stock on the market where you have made money on this stock for years it is always dependable yeah even when the market trends it kind of follows the trend but that's expected but you know you will get guaranteed returns and significant ones at that but then as soon as the market reaches a significant recession nothing is going to keep this stock from crashing and that's where we are right now. Yeah, Hater could be more like a Bitcoin now that I think about it. He has a guy that's got Bitcoin as well. Bitcoin, uh, Ben, was uh, trending all the way up. Like it was like the 40, 50, 40, 30, 40,000. And then when, I hate to bring up bad memories, but when COVID happened, Bitcoin bottomed out to about 7,000 a coin. The Phillies homered off him twice in the ninth, and then he had a kid. So from about 30, 40 a coin thousand to down to seven thousand i bought in to bitcoin uh, at seven thousand a bunch of it and then what had happened with bitcoin it started the skyrocketing went up to sixty thousand a coin and you know what's happened now with all everything else yeah so, down. so josh Hader's more of a bitcoin maybe you should have traded it at its peak. So that's what I want to get to today, too. <laughs> I mean, everyone wants to talk about trade Josh Hader, trade Josh Hader. We, ben and I got a ton of stuff to talk about today. Uh, one of those, and maybe we can you know table it for upcoming here, but one of those has got to be an after Friday night into Saturday morning when Hader gave up not one, not two, but three home runs, one being a grand slam as a walk-off. People are like, you got to trade him now and strike while the iron's hot because he's losing value and losing value fast. That's not it. Like, Thank you. So I want to get to it. it. I want to get to it coming up. We're talking about money analogies. That's like exactly having your guaranteed return stock (laughs) that you have been riding hard for like 20 years. And as soon as the market goes into a little bit of a lull, it goes down significantly. It has some really bad weeks. Maybe you lose a vacation you were going to take your kids on. (laughs) Mm. Maybe you were guaranteed. Maybe you're just about to retire and all of a sudden you can't retire anymore. I don't want to go that far because it's the all-star break. I just look at my 401k in my Roth. I'm just like, oh, God. You really want to take your sixth grader to Disney World, but because of this crash, you're not able to. Yeah. But do you sell the stock at that point? No. No, you hang on. You hang on to it. You you don't don't want to sell it a low. You want to sell it a high. Exactly. You don't want to sell it on. You just want to keep it. Maybe there there was some insider trading going on there with the stock (laughs) because Hater could be tipping his pitches. Hey, they said they were expecting fastballs. Like, I mean, that's what he lives off of. They're also on his slider, and the execution has been, you know, not great, obviously, with what he's given up. But he could be tipping his pitches. There were there could have been some insider trading going on with this stock, and that's why it's you know hit a lull. Yeah, 
Was Hater the king? Hater was tanking intentionally. True advisor on Twitch. True advisor, where have you been? I've been calling for your name the past, like, ever since you gave us those beautiful shirts and beer uh, and the headphones and hat. Ben, it's always nice to have some listeners come back into the fold. So, Ben, you had a tweet about that, about Josh Hader. I have a, a tweet, too, as well, from Kurt Hogg. Kurt Hogg. Kurt Hogg was on his grind yesterday. He was all over Twitter. Crushing it. Brewers have an odd, repetitive pattern leading up to the All-Star break, the last four breaks. This is from Kurt Hogg. 2018, they lost six straight. 2019, they lost five of six. Obviously, no 2020. 2021, they lost three straight and then six of eight. And then, Ben, right now in 2022, they lost five of seven. And now eight of their 11 after the uh, game was finished yesterday. What is with this going into the all-star break for the Brewers? Can we say 2020, there was no all-star break. Can we just say that they sucked going into the break in 2020? Because ter- they would have. They, they sucked going into the playoffs. They're there the, you go. They're the first team ever. Well, there's two teams that year, actually. The first two teams ever to go into the play, uh, playoffs below 500. So five years in a row. Terrible. I don't know what to make of it. I definitely think it's a council problem. I mean, it was said well on Twitter by a couple people. First of all, when this team gets down three or four runs, Council completely punts the game away. Like you see the bottom of the barrel relievers come in as soon as this team gets down a couple of runs. You saw it, I mean, kind of in a way yesterday. Uh, you have that guy that called up come in relief for Alexander after he got shelled. Was it Sadzik? Sadzik. And the offense. It made me sad. The well, offense, Jason Alexander made me sad. The offense showed some life. They got five runs, they cut the lead down to four. But it was the game was already over. I'm not saying council should go all in even when the team is losing, but you do see him punt away some of those games. I think for it to happen a couple years in a row, that's just baseball. Sometimes you get cold. Sometimes injuries happen. Yeah. Various things are at play. For five years in a row, this team is not only a little bit below 500. This team, who has been a playoff team for years, is God awful heading into the trade, uh, the all-star break that has to be a council thing. And I mean, the team's injured. Yes. There have been replacements up council. Looks like he needs a break. Even um, dude, I'm, I'm going to play you his press conference from after the game yesterday. He, when council, when times get tough for council, the hair gets extra disheveled and he does a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of those I'll play is, is funny. Dude. Did you see a video of him before yesterday's game talking about Devin Williams? He looks six years younger. Yeah, we'll get to all of it. And speaking of counsel and, you know, what you were talking about, Ben, with him, uh, you know, needing a break or maybe reset Friday night into Saturday morning was a prime example. Josh Hader on the mound. All kinds of stuff. Yes. Yes. I just want to be clear about this as a counsel guy. And I always have been. I also think I'm a counsel guy. too. I also think it is very fair to criticize when appropriate. He has had a pretty awful couple weeks. Yes. Yes, and it is. I'm a council guy. You're a council guy. But when it comes to professional sports, you could be the biggest fan or a supporter or a proponent of someone. But at the end of the day, not everyone's perfect. Besides Ben and I. Friday night into Saturday morning, West Coast baseball. Brewers are out in San Francisco. I listen. Tapped out. The first pitch was at nine fifteen. I tapped out. The Brewers were winning five to two. I fell asleep. I mean, it was before wow. the ninth. That's admirable. Five. That's well, late. Yeah, I mean the missus was like sawing logs, and I was, yeah. I was like, you know, I, I love me some Milwaukee Brewers baseball. See what happens, like whatever. Five to two, they're winning. Eventually, the sleepies hit me, and I nodded off. It's then when I woke up Saturday morning, 
to realize what had happened against the Giants. Before I replay what happened, uh, boys, anything you were doing Friday night into Saturday morning? I mean, you know, you know, if you didn't watch the game, it's fine. If you watch the game, it's fine. Whatever. You don't. I don't expect anyone to watch 162 games. No, I. I watched the game. The thing is, this weekend from Thursday to Sunday, going back to last week, I definitely hit the hay as early as possible so that I could wake up, have a little bit of my morning, yeah. and sit down and watch golf. This was I, the last major of the year, really the last uh, major before chaos strikes the golf world with the live stuff. So that was what I wanted to focus my weekend around. So I say that to say... I went to sleep in the fifth inning after they had gone up five to two, though, with a lot of game left. And I felt okay about it. I woke I up great. I felt good. Woke up the next day at six thirty, seven o'clock. And I didn't even think to check if they had won. Honestly, it wasn't the first thing that crossed my mind. I go out, I get coffee. I walk around. It's a beautiful, beautiful morning. And then I'm sitting down to watch golf. And I turn, I look at Twitter because <laughs> golf Twitter was on fire this weekend, by the way. Yeah. But I'm scrolling through a little bit, and then I see an Adam McAlvey tweet about the historical context of Josh Hader giving up six runs while recording <laughs> one out. And I said, wait a second. Uh-huh. What happened? So then I went and looked, and man. Yeah. RJ, did you uh, have any similar experiences from Friday into Saturday? Um. Yeah. <sighs> I think Friday I fell asleep. Well, I mean, it was 9.15 first pitch. Yeah. Uh, Saturday. Well, we're talking about what happened. That was like around 1 a.m. that happened. Yeah. Saturday, there was one. Stayed up, but just like got fed up after. No, not the Brewers game Saturday, but like the next morning, Saturday morning. Oh. And realizing what had occurred. Well, I was glad I fell asleep. <laughs> Here's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Brewers are winning 5-2. to two. Going in to the bottom of the ninth, Josh Hader, the closer is up. And then Bart sends one in the air to deep left. That's headed for the bleachers, and it's gone for Joey Bart. So Josh Hader has given up a solo home run, and it's 5-3. to three. Yep, you just heard the man. It's 5-3. to three. Okay. Uh, Wilmer Flores would then come up. He would fly out. So there's an out. He got an out. And then next up to bat, take a listen. There's Darren Ruff. Sends one deep into left center field. That one is up and gone. And just like that, it's five to four. Okay. Then it's five to four. And then what would happen is eventually the hater would load the bases. Bookmark that moment after Darren Ruff goes deep because I want to return to that exact moment. You got it. Uh, Hader would then proceed to load the bases. Bases would be loaded. That would mean on first, second, and third, there are giants standing. Not only just loaded, it was a first pitch single and then a six pitch at bat that resulted in a hit by pitch Mm. to Yerman Mercedes and then another single. Bases are loaded. There's one out. Josh Hader has now given up two home runs. Brewers are still winning, though, by a score of five to four. And then... Swing and a fly ball deep center. Back Davis. Way back. It is gone. It's a walk-off grand slam. Sweet guy. For Mike Yastrzemski and the Giants, who were down by three in the bottom of the ninth inning. 
put up a six spot against the Brewers and walk it off and shock the crew. NASA had to come in to calculate Josh Hader's ERA in the month of July. It's not good. The question that I think we're all wondering now, boys, is the Brewers enter the All-Star break, and Ben had said this to start the show in the 6 o'clock hour, and we're getting it now on Twitch, is questioning Craig Council. Why did you not pull Josh Hader? So that's what I wanted to return to. I really like that the moment. theory that he's trying to show that he's got nothing else, so make some damn trades. So <laughs> we heard that during the Pittsburgh series yeah. when they completely threw Sunday's game and went out with uh, the least inspiring pitching lineup I've ever seen. <laughs> Brutal. So that could be something there. Now, Devin Williams worked three times last week. This was Friday the 15th. Devin Williams had pitched Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday leading up to that. So not available. Can't go to Williams. I get it. Yeah. When it's 5-4 to four and you go and visit the mound after the second home run, before the bases are even loaded. I would have hey, bud. been thrilled with someone else coming in the game. Though I understand he's Josh Hader. You kind of have to you live with it. You die by it if it goes that poorly. Sure. His ERA is up to 4.5 on the year, by the way. Now, 20.25. Uh, 0 for 4. Since so, a lot of losses. the uh, start of July. After he hits Yerman Mercedes with the pitch, you got to go to the pen. And I know there's a lefty matchup with Yastrzemski. He could still get his way out of it. But, I mean, we have seen this going back now, really since he returned from the paternity list. But even I'll go to the start of this month. There is that weird situation against the Cubs when he gives up a run. There's the next day when he takes the loss, gives up another run in the ninth. Then you have that Pittsburgh debacle where he gets the save, but it was by no means safe. Yep. It, it was four to two. The Brewers win four to three. And then you have the three run bomb against Minnesota, especially that home run at Minnesota. Either he's tipping pitches. He is just suddenly lost all feel uh, or both. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is telegraphing what's coming. He's lit. He's keeping sliders in the middle of the plate. He's not only being hit from by righties. Mike Yastrzemski's a lefty. Yeah, a lefty he's takes him deep. Yeah. So I, I mean, the signs are there that he's just he. Not only is he ineffective right now. I mean, it is blow up caliber stuff. So after he hits Yerman Mercedes with the pitch, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I would have pulled him from the game. You got to live with someone else at that point because he had faced, what, five batters to that point, And it was home run, fly out, home run, single hit by pitch. I mean, the signs, the writing on the wall is there. I didn't expect him to suddenly turn it around. Now, with the new rule, can you pull him? Like, do you, what's the three batters. Three, three batters? three batters. Okay, so you could have pulled him. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. You could have been... pulled him right after the home run. Yeah, yeah. the second home the run. The second home run. Yeah. Yeah, it goes home run, Wilma Flores flies out, and then home run. You yeah. could have yanked him right there. Yeah, as soon as that runner gets in scoring position, I probably would have gone to the pen. I wish, if Williams was available, he probably would have pitched previously in that game, actually, but still. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't going to be him, so don't bring his name up. He had just pitched three days in a row. But, I mean, there are well, other... I would have trusted Devin Williams much more right now than I would Josh Hader. Yes, but there are other guys that you could have gone to. I mean, that game, it went from Woodruff to Milner to Gustav to Hader. Trevor got like the, there are other people there you could go to that have been effective this year. Yeah. Hell, I'm actually I'm not going to bring up his name. Chichi Gonzalez. Well, he's the yeah he's who has since DFA'd, but I, I mean he's chilling on his couch. Or Jason Alexander is a ground ball pitcher. Well, 
We'll get to Jason Alexander, who's better as a starter. And well, he wasn't technically a starter yesterday, by the way. Oh, I. We need to talk about Craig Council on Sunday. Jason Alexander got, is terrible in relief. Great in his terms as a starter. He was not a starter yesterday. Aaron yeah. Ashby was the opener. Listen, Gabe Kapler ran circles around Craig Council all weekend. So and, we'll get to that, Ben. But real quick, I'm, I'm going to give you a quote on Josh Hader. Uh, after Friday into Saturday morning. And where were you, Brewers fans? 608-321-1670. Were you watching the game and saw it all unfold? Did you fall asleep like I did? Then woke up the next morning confused and angry? Or did you just not pay attention and all all of a sudden you woke up on Saturday like, hey, what happened to Brewers last night? Oh, my God. But Hayter said, quote, right now it's everything. I feel like I'm trying to feel things that I don't need to. I lost that aggressiveness that I normally have. I just have to chalk it up and move on. If anyone needs the all-star break, obviously everyone does. But it's Josh Hader out of the Milwaukee Brewers. Or maybe is it Craig Council? Oh, it's both of them. I mean, Council looks like he is going through a very significant divorce. Like He, <laughs> he looks like something is really... Like half of his stuff just got ripped away from him? Really, really messing up. Uh, like, you look, the video of him before Sunday's game and after, looks like he's six years older when that game came to a close. Hader needs it badly. I mean, he has been god-awful as of late. So... Yeah, I, I mean, Hader, Hader is... Hey, yikes. I would call Friday an anomaly, definitely, because of how like it was historically significant how much he gave up in that ninth inning. But it's not really an anomaly when going back to when he returned on June 20th from the paternity list. Uh, he's given up 13 runs. His ERA in that time has gone from 0.87 to 4.5. His July is 20.25. Yeah, it's not only just those two outings against Minnesota and then when he got zero outs, gave up a three-run homer, and San Francisco when he gave up the six. Uh, You go back really for nearly a month, and he has been bad. Yeah, he's been bad. Now, he needs it. You guys have talked about this, you and Grant, when you were doing the Bill Michael show last week, that Hayter coming up to the All-Star break always kind of seems to struggle a little bit heading into the... This little off-season, you know, midsummer classic, I should say. But looking at Sat- Friday into Saturday, and you know, down the stretch here, eating the All-Star break, are does Craig Council deserve blame here, or is this just a long season of baseball? Like, what? Uh, obviously, someone needs to. I blame obviously Josh Hader first Friday into Saturday in that loss, but then also Craig Council. Once you give up a home run, and then another home run, and then you hit the the batter, like you said, you got to take the dude out of the game. Especially with what had happened the last, what, couple weeks? He's been struggling mightily. Like, what do you do? Just let him flounder out there? Smith just set a record, breaking Tiger Woods' record at the Open. Cam Smith wins. And it was uh, a year for the mullets, Ben. And wispy mustaches and dudes that look like... Who else has a mullet? The mullet's been back. Don't you see, don't you see the kids of. rocking it lately? Yeah. yeah I'm not a mullet know. guy. Like I know our listener G Dub wants Rowdy to grow out a mullet, and uh, I think oh, I've man. seen I've seen the mullet everywhere. Rowdy will never grow a mullet. Listen, but I've seen the mullet everywhere. Cam Smith, though, now the most besides Joe Dirt. Well, that was a while ago. The most Tiger no, King, it, Tiger King. That's what inspired everyone to get the mullet back. And obviously, you couldn't like do anything because everything was shut down for like a year. So people kept growing their hair out. Questionable inspiration. But inspiration nonetheless. Hey, yeah. I mean, you saw the, the mullet is now at a fever pitch, and Cam Smith, I think Cam Smith's the last one to do it. I, I think it has jumped the shark a little bit. Like, I think the fad's over. But, ladies, we brought back the mullet, the guys did. It's time to bring back the 80s 
volume, big hair, a <laughs> lot of hairspray, big curls. Ladies, it's time to bring back the 80s hairstyle. The, if the mullet's back, we got to bring back the big hair. Listen, Cam can rock the mullet because he is from Australia. So Australians kind of, they can play by their own rules when it comes to those things. I don't know if it's going to be fully back in this part of the world. I guess I'll say that. <sighs> I see it everywhere, but it's like the 20, I mean, you're downtown. Don't you see like the kids like younger than you rocking the mullets still? And they think they're cool, but they're not. I don't know if they're mullets. I don't know how I'd describe it. It's TikTok hair. Oh, well, oh, the yeah. new one now is the one in front. Yeah, the quaff. It's like the big quaff. It's like, is that, a, is that what it's called? A quaff? I think. You yeah. see that? Oh, it's, that's tough. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll give you an analogy. One second. I'm going to get you an analogy. But first, uh, line one. Good morning. Who's this? I'll find you. I'll find you. Hey, Z in the D. What's up, brother? What's up, brother? Nice wedding crashers reference. Thank you. Well, we've, we've been on a little wedding crashers thing here and there, so... Maple syrup from Vermont, boys. That's right. Yep. So, see, uh, hot what's route. Up? Not much. Hot so, route. Hot route. What does that mean? I can't remember. What does the that mean? One, what does that mean? Get over here. Just Hi. go stand over there. You guys done? Uh, no. Oh, Ben. Ben, 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 Ben. The painting was a gift, a- Todd. What, Z? If you're going to be on the show all week, you got to take this in. Okay, baby? Usually Rowdy's anti-fun. Ben is starting to turn into the board. I think there's something about that chair. Rowdy hates anything fun and positive. Uh, I think something about that chair. Ben, tomorrow you have to sit in the other chair. Maybe I think I think it's that chair. (laughs) I'm the fun guy. Everyone tries to rain on my. It's a cool job that we have. Yeah, I know. You took your mom partying this weekend. I love it. Yeah, we got lit up, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, I love it. So I mean, if anyone's gonna be mad on this show, it's gonna be me because. Andrew Wagner's in the Dells, and he doesn't even hit me up on his Twitter. I mean, what, what's wrong with this guy? What's wrong with this guy? I mean, and no I'm offense to you, but does he know that you exist? Well, I don't know if he knows people, about the king of the Wisconsin Dells, Z and the D. I was, well, I don't like going with anarchy, so I'm going to go. I'm just, I'm the junior mayor of Wisconsin Dells. I am the junior mayor of the Wisconsin Dells. Official. I have dubbed it official. A dubbed official. Ben, can I get a second on that? Yeah. See, there's something about that chair, I'm telling you. No, I, I, I'm just, I don't uh, think I have the authority here, Z. Because you're young or because you just don't? <laughs> because I've driven often. through the Dells. I cannot say I've spent much time in the Dells. Some people say that's yeah. the best part of Dells, just driving through it. Yeah, I mean. Respectfully, I disagree with that take. Ben, I just want you to come down one of these times. I'll show you how to Isn't live your life. Isn't it going up in theory? Hey, I went to I went to the Dells and you know Z, what I mean? Z party with me. And I showed him I, how. To I know live. what you mean. It's north, so it would be. Can yeah. you come up to the Dells? Kind of conceptually. Yeah, but it's like you would north-ish. come down to Madison. I think it's just in theory. Down, like, it's always southwest. It's always man. coming down. I don't know. Hey, speaking of this, real quick, I just jogged my memory. Boys, and Z, you drive a lot, and Ben, you drive on it, I drive on it too. The flex lane is open, right? The flex lane is open. Oh, God. The purpose of the flex lane is that when there's congested traffic, the flex lane opens, and then it decongests the traffic, correct? That's the purpose of the flex lane, right? Yes. 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 Saturday. Saturday. Uh Uh-oh. I'm driving 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 westbound down the belt line, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. No problems. It was the eastbound. It was backed up almost the entirety of the Beltline, and guess what was not open? 
The, the flex, flex lane. The flex lane. Huh. There was, it uh, was backed up from John uh, Stoughton Road all the way down to almost the Dodgeville exit. That's almost the whole belt line. It is. And uh, I saw the accident because it was near the Stoughton Road exit. It was, on, it was on the opposite side of the flex lane. So it was on the other side of the shoulder. The flex lane was not yeah. open. And I asked myself, what is the purpose of the flex lane then? You know, they need a flex lane between... Oh my god, dude! Because that's that's the worst. No, you know what they need no. is is better driving tests. They just need another full time lane. They need harsher criteria for licenses. Well, it, it, okay, first off, it's not Wisconsin drivers; it's Illinois drivers. They run it like it's the IndyCar five hundred. That's true. He's got a good point. They're called fibs, actually. The fibs, yeah. And then you got the Iowa. You know what you got the, I can assume. Freaking, I can't say. Well, we yeah, well, Charlie we said Charlie Charlie. And, uh, yeah, Charlie already. We got that 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 dump one's hot still. So yeah, the, the fibs. You got the fib drivers that are driving super fast, and then you got the Iowa drivers like, oh, I see that corn on the left side. It looks good. I'm going to drive a little bit slower. And then you got the Minnesota drivers. Well, I don't know if I'm going to go a little slow, a little fast. Okay. <laughs> What is that? that was a, what is that accent? Oklahoma? I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the accent. I don't know. I'm a little. I, I'm a little hungover today. Okay, just back off, boys. Hey, I've been. I've let you stay on, so I haven't hung up yet. I'm liking it. I'm Listen, liking it. I get what you're I saying. Don't. I don't want to fully be this guy, but it's not. It's not only the visiting drivers. It's it's the it's the fibs. Can Fine. never blame it's our the, own. It's the grandma and grandpa's over sixty five in Wisconsin. Very That's fair. really about it. Very there fair. It I don't know. Some some blue hair blew by me the other day. I was going pretty fast. Oh, his, no. I'm talking about the more slow. Prius. The lack of uh, turn signals into merging lanes. Yeah. And then what's up with semi-drivers driving in the left lane? I hate it. I mean, get, just stay in your right lane. That's just an Ohio problem, actually. I'm going to just encompass it all here. Open the flex lane and everything will be resolved. Yeah. Just open it up. Do it. Z, we love you, buddy. And it didn't even mess your day up that bad. You were in the other side. No, it messed it up. Literally, it was from Stoughton Road almost to the Dodgeville exit. It was backed up. And what, the fle- the When f- was this? Saturday uh, before, let's see here, I left around like 1 o'clock. East or west? Uh, it was the going east on the belt line. Oh, thank goodness, because yeah. I was out there. Because I was going west. I was out there at 2.30 going east. And I, I'm like, why is the belt line so backed up? I saw the accident. It was on the sh- it was on the, the the opposite side of the flex lane, and I'm thinking to myself, why is the flex? They literally just were beaten off about how they opened up this thing, and it's all X's, no green arrows. Line two, good morning. Who's this? I forgot to say something earlier. Careful. I I said uh. Careful. You need to, you need to at Michael's Bar and Grill where I used to work in Muddy to Michigan was uh which is over around uh we used to spin wheel penalty shot. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Well, thanks for that, Charlie. We love you, bud. That's just riveting. Riveting. All right, Benjamin. Uh, Your analogy. Plant the analogy. We're going to come back and talk about it. All right. Plant the seed. Rory McIlroy, while watching him yesterday and the context of the last eight years to nine years of his career, he is the Green Bay Packers. Is there, does his caddy come into play? He could come into play. Well, the thing is, this take is 80% baked. I think we could workshop it a little bit. We can add some ingredients. What do you need one, more, you need one more hit to get it fully baked? This is like a nice oh, you're cooking. Sorry. loaf of banana bread. But you Baking, can throw in cooking, some chocolate Baking. chips if you want, you know? I do enjoy a chocolate chip in my yeah. banana bread. You know what I like even more? Have you had zucchini bread with chocolate chips? Ugh. What do you mean, ugh? Have no. you had it? Have you had it? No. But how do you know it's bad? Because zucchini. 
Zucchini bread is divine. I, I disagree. Have you never had it, though? I understand I haven't had it, but I still assume it's pretty bad because it's a zucchini. Zucchinis are wonderful, then. You don't like zucchini? No, I don't like the texture of a zucchini. Well, it's, it's a, different in the bread. It's, it's a not... little too mushy. Well, in the bread, you, it's, it's grated. Well, I don't like bananas either, but I like banana bread because when there's chocolate, it takes away the taste of the banana. I don't like bananas, but I like banana bread. With chocolate, because <laughs> then you don't taste the banana. <laughs> uh, Carl, Carl on Twitch is right. How can you say anything is bad if you've never tried it? Like, like Rowdy, I swear to God, there's something about that chair. Because Rowdy doesn't, Rowdy thinks salt and pepper is like too much spice. But he will say, go on a rant how he like. No, listen. He'll talk about how he hates stuff. I'm like, well, have you tried it? He'll go, no. Then how can you know you hate something you've never tried it? Oh, I can come up with a lot of... It's got to be in that chair. It's no, got to be that I chair. I can come up with a lot of examples. I know olives are horrible. Oh, they're... Div- what? But I've never had an olive. Then I... <laughs> because you just know. There are some things you just know. I love olives. Kamada olives, green olives, stuffed Ooh. olives. Olives with the pits in them. You don't eat the pit, by the way. What are some other like extravagant vegetables? Beets. Love beets. I know beets are pretty They're bad. delicious. Some people say they taste like dirt, though. Exactly. That's how you prepare them. But I already know that. Pickled beets. Oh. Sautéed beets. Horrible. Pickled beets. All right, I said that. <laughs> just just horrible. Oh, they're so good. You can't say something's bad. I have other examples, Horse? too, but I need um, to. Let's see what else, Ben. You think it would be a daikon? You know what a daikon is? No, but it sounds oh, scary. It's so good. It sounds frightening. Oh, it's like a, it's a family of a radish. Radishes are okay. Oh wow, that's like spicy dirt. No, but I like things that are that have texture that are chunky. Radishes are like spicy dirt, but you don't like beets. You never tried a beet. Dirt isn't that bad. Have you tried a beet? But cooked beets are no. I don't like the. Have you tried them? No, I don't. Then like how do you know they're bad? Because I don't like how they look. Oh god, it makes it pee really purple. <laughs> exactly, they look bad. I know asparagus. I was about. I know asparagus is horrible. No, oh, asparagus is awesome. But I have tried it. This is tough. Participated in the Oklahoma drill, Ben? <laughs> no. This is uh <laughs> this comes out of Kenosha. The Kenosha Kingfish, a Northwoods League team. AJ Dillon was there. AJ Dillon, the uh six foot two hundred and forty-seven pound running back for the Packers. He's got uh, two nicknames for his quads, the Quad Father and Quadzilla. AJ Dillon I would. Just, I don't even know if he's six foot. I mean, that's like. I think he's a little shorter than that. But Ben, I mean, AJ Dillon. You look at him. I would describe him with one word: muscle. Yes, thick, thick. Uh, juggernaut. Mm. Mm, burly. Well, AJ Dillon was at the Kenosha Kingfish game. How would you like to be the Kenosha Kingfish mascot? The mascot is uh, the man inside the mascot. Trey Meyer is a junior at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Uh, he also runs cross-country for Wisconsin uh, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. And what do you know about cross-country runners, Ben? Probably the exact opposite of A.J. Dillon? Yes, not thick, thin. Thin. Um, in my knowings of cross-country runners, I really just know Grant, and so I'd say soft. <laughs> Love I'll, you, Grant. I will let you uh, display that take. So this guy is uh, five foot nine. 150 pounds. A.J. Dillon, 6 feet tall, 247 pounds. The Kenosha Kingfish mascot, which this Trey Meyer resided in, uh, did the Oklahoma drill 
against one A.J. Dillon. In case you missed it, it was a viral video over the weekend. It is absolutely hilarious. I love they say this. Uh, Kenosha Kingfish, who makes twelve fifty an hour, uh, entered for the Kingfish, had to do the Oklahoma drill against A.J. Dillon. If you've seen, did you see the video, Ben? Yes. Oh, yeah. So the A.J. Dillon's laying on his back. You get He's got the ball. You get up, and the Kenosha Kingfish is sitting on his butt because it's a little harder to get up when you've got a giant uh, mascot head on you. Uh, he's got to get up, and he's got to try and stop A.J. Dillon from, you know, running by him. A.J. Dillon, what do we know about him when he plays in an NFL game? If you're on the goal line or if you want to smash through someone's face, you hand the rock to A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones, kind of the elusive back. A.J. Dillon, the, I'm going to smash it through your body and make it hurt, you know, the ramifications of my hit through generations. A.J. Dillon on the Oklahoma drill against the Kenosha Kingfish mascot. A.J. Dillon gets up and decimates. I'm talking levels. This cross-country runner, 150 pounds of him, goes flying, and the mascot helmet of him just rockets off his body. It was one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen. Did you feel bad for this poor kid who just got obliterated by A.J. Dillon? He's gone viral. The only reason I feel bad is because the whole point of mascots is you're supposed to never see the dude under the mask. <laughs> and in this setting, not only did we see him, we almost saw his head blow off. It's, I mean, the head did blow off when it was the kingfish head that blew. It was one of the funniest things I had ever seen for the Kenosha Kingfish. Doesn't that come with the territory, though? You sign up to be a Northwoods League mascot. Don't you kind of expect maybe one of the Packers running backs will be at the game and then they'll task you with just getting rocked by them for social media. Well, the funny thing about it all is besides the head flying off is the poor guy didn't even know, like he's entering his day. He's entering his work day to be the, the mascot. He's like, Oh yeah, I'll probably just got to kind of dodge. I've been a mascot twice in my life, Ben. I was Clif- really, I was Clifford, the big red dog. Oh, so, I'm sorry to hear that. So my mom, uh, she's retired now, but she was a teacher, an elementary school teacher. They would do book fairs. Remember the book kid book fairs. Oh, you scared all the kids. Or the didn't scholastic, you? Remember scholastic yeah, book fairs. Yeah. Yeah. So she needed someone to be Clifford the Big Red Dog. So I obliged because I love my mother and helping her out. So I was Clifford the Big Red Dog. There's one thing that happens when you're a mascot besides getting your head blown off by A.J. Dillon now. For some reason, kids love punching or kicking you right in the nuts. Yeah. They, like, live for it when you're in the mascot uniform. I don't know why. It's just like the moth to the flame. Kids just going to try to punch you, kick you right in the gonads. So... That mascot probably thought to himself, oh, I'm going to work today. All I got to do is avoid the little kids. Hit me in the nuts. Turns out the MC who was running the game, I have the quote right here from the, the poor kid. The MC who was running the game actually told me, oh, yeah, by the way, you're going to be doing the Oklahoma drill against A.J. Dillon tonight. <laughs> so as a way to try to one-up Dillon, did he see Braylon Allen did the same thing in Fond du Lac? Ooh. So I just sent you the video. Same exact concept, mascot versus Braylon Allen. There's a little more space between them. Allen gets up. They do the drill. I have a little bit of a problem, though. I think Braylon Allen slowed up to lessen the blow on the mascot. Dillon went through him. Like, if that was a wall, that oh, wall yeah, stood no chance. Yeah, he slowed up Braylon a little bit. Braylon stutter-stepped a little bit heading up to the mascot. <laughs> he slowed up a little bit. A.J. Dillon left a little something in the tank at the end. I think A.J. Dillon, truck stick, power stick, whatever it is in Madden now, he hit the truck stick on the Kenosha Kingfish mascot. 150-pound cross-country runner. I think there is nobody in the world I would be more scared of doing the Oklahoma drill with than A.J. Dillon. 
That was the AJ Dillon one. Yeah, uh, Braylon Allen or AJ Dillon, Ben? I would rather Braylon Allen. Because at least he showed a little kindness, a yeah. little tenderness at the and end. And later in the season when Wisconsin has to give him the ball too many times, the legs might not be as fresh. I'm telling you, man, A.J. Dillon sent this kid flying. This kid went, this, wow. I, I immediately was just dying laughing. So Braylon Allen versus A.J. Dillon in the Oklahoma drill, I'd rather have Braylon Allen run through me than A.J. Dillon. But who, Dillon. is there anybody else in the world that you would be more scared of doing the drill with than uh, A.J. Dillon? Trevor on Twitch said, what about Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry doesn't run that fast. H man, I mean AJ <laughs> no, Dillon. AJ Dillon, his two quads have different names. No, but think about the Oklahoma drill. Derrick Henry, as soon as he gets ten yards of a runway to start going, then it's dangerous. Then you're screwed. Yeah. But think about Derrick Henry in like one yard situations. He doesn't build up speed that fast. So I feel like obviously it hurt. He's a huge human being, but he wouldn't be barreling through that quick. AJ Dillon is more burst than it looks like. <laughs> he, I mean, dude. AJ Dillon, he stores all that power in those quads, and it, once he hits that truck stick, you're it's you're dead. Game over. I mean, the dude's helmet of the kingfish flew off. 150 pounds of him just went flying. I'm trying to think of any, anyone else I would be nervous about doing the Oklahoma drill on. Amon Green, Packers all-time leading rusher, he's got a mighty stiff. Amon arm. Green today, dude. We two years ago or before COVID, I did a show with Amon Green. He was benching and uh, deadlifting and squatting more now than he did on his playing days. Oof. He's like, yeah, I, I benched a casual 450 or whatever it was. And he's like, mm. this guy yeah, was nothing to me. So he's even better shaped than he was in his playing days, which is insane. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anybody else aside from Dylan or anybody that I would be more frightened of in that setting. I would, if anything, if I wanted to, no, listen, Aaron Jones would still, you know, truck me but i no, would like to go against aaron jones no, aaron i feel like jones, i stand a chance aaron jones would juke your ass out of his shoes yeah but that's not the oklahoma drill right no yeah it's not i'm trying to think of anyone else i don't think so all right uh razor's edge on the way cam newton just because he'd throw an elbow in there maybe but he'd be dressed like yeah not really like uh like crazy aunt sharon at the farmer's market like it, <laughs> it wouldn't intimidate you at all like i think he'd probably trip on one of the scarves you know what leo chanel Oh, this guy always hitting grand slams. Always a home run with one Andrew Wagner in the hizzy. Drew, what's up, dude? Long time no talk. Good morning, my man. What's up? I'm just chilling, man. Rowdy is on vacation. Is it, we got Ben in here. Ben, say good morning to Andrew. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Hello, Ben. <laughs> Andrew, what is going on, dude? Catch us up. How, how have you been living, my brother? I just played Metallica's Whiskey in the Jaro. And I've been hitting some whiskey lately. How about you? Uh, there, there has been some whiskey in the forecast. There's some whiskey still seeping out of the pores three days later. It's, it's, it's been a good run. It's been, unlike the Brewers, it's been a good week in Wagner land. Well, I feel like that's why I've been drinking whiskey more and more so because of the Milwaukee Brewers. It's, uh, it's tough sledding right here. Now, uh, have you seen the movie Gladiator, Andrew? I have. Now, you know, Maximus, he's out there fighting, whatever, and, and Commodus, the, the emperor, uh, walking Phoenix's role, he does the, uh, the thumb where he goes thumbs up, thumbs down for whatever gladiator's fighting to either end him, you know, keep him fighting or send him to his demise. The Milwaukee Brewers yeah. at the All-Star break, I have now dubbed you Andrew Commodus Wagner. Do you give the Brewers at the All-Star break, who are in first place, by the way, a thumbs up or a thumbs down? It's like I said last week, there's two ways of looking at it. They played most of this half 
without some really key players. Um, I, they basically had not had Freddie Peralta almost the entire first half. And Mitch Brandon wouldn't have Woodruff for a chunk. Uh, they got Jack Squat out of low cane and released him. Hunter Renfro was on the IL. Um, you look at all the guys that have been out so far, and yet they're still in first place. Um, that's that's pretty good. You know, they're supposed to be in first place. That's what you're expecting them to be. You knew they weren't going to run away with it, but you're, they are where you expect them to be. And I think, all things considered, they're in a good spot right now going into this break. It stinks the way they went into it. Um, definitely a reason for, for concern, but they're still in first place. They're still in the driver's seat. Uh, they're still a quality team. They got some bumps to figure out, but other than that, I mean, there's no reason why this team won't make the playoffs. So, Andrew, what do you make of the entering the All-Star break struggles? Because we've seen it in 2018, 2019, 2021, and now this season. It seems to be a pattern now under council. I mean, it just happens. It's baseball. There's 162 games. You're going to have slumps like this at one point or another. They just happen to hit one as it goes on the All-Star break. Whether there's a rhyme or reason to it, that's anybody's guess, but... I mean, I don't think there's anything in the Brewers' mantra that says uh, we're, we're just going to stink going into this break. I mean, you can't can't really predict Josh Hader giving up, you know, a salami like that. That that, that that's a freak thing. Not uh, just one just salami, three salamis. Yeah, that's that's a rough patch. It's a rough patch. <laughs> I think they're going to be fine. I think Hader's going to be fine. There's my next question. Um, I mean, are you worried about Josh? I mean, he does this like every July where he gets blown up. Is this like, yes. this is this is just a little I'm Josh Hader July and then he figures it out? We, we've seen this out of him. Um, you know, I I think maybe there, there's some, uh, he's a new father. You know, there's a lot of that weighing on his mind. Yeah. Combined with like his history. So I, I think he's fine. I don't think there's any, I, I'm shocked. And hearing people say they got to trade him, they got to trade him, they got to trade him. I know him. it's like why, one, why, why, right? And, and and the biggest thing is, well, if he's a bum in your eyes, why would you think anyone else is going to trade for him? Like, because David Stearns is a genius. Come on, dude. Yeah, David Stearns could sell. Logic. David Stearns could sell an, uh, a ketchup popsicle to a lady wearing white gloves, dude. He could sell water to a well, fire to hell. I am a hustler, baby. Come on. David Stearns. Man, you were fired up this morning. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Someone's got to be. Come on. All right, so Andrew, looking at this uh, uh, and the Milwaukee Brewers, and I agree with you. They've been, you know, Freddie Peralta, I mean, getting him back is going to be huge uh, in the second half of this season. Uh, but right now, I mean, offensively, obviously the Brewers have the pitching. But offensively, are we just like a stretch of getting hot away from the Brewers, clearing some ground? Or is this going to be kind of a problem moving forward? Or can they get a bat before the trade deadline? What do you think? The, I'll start there. What are the Brewers, in your opinion, going to do for the trade deadline i that's a tough question i have no idea because anytime you expect david search to do one thing he does another um I, I think he's definitely looking for a bat whether one is out there to be had remains to be seen um i do think this offense is better than it's shown i mean we saw earlier this year they have the ability to just pile on runs and go on a tear there for a while so you know, they're not as horrible as it seems um, but they do need some help, so I think I think going out and finding one bat that could be a little bit more consistent one might not solo. be a power type guy. 
Yes, that's, that's exactly. I hear it's going to be <laughs> Keston here straight up for Juan Soto. <laughs> uh, not Keston. I love Keston. Uh, <laughs> Jason no. Alexander for Juan Soto. Uh, I didn't. He, I think he just got sent down. Yeah, Milwaukee says no to that one. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Jason Alexander is the gift that keeps on giving. Okay, he's like the jelly of the month club. So Andrew, it's a little reference for you. So Andrew, this Brewers team, man, obviously, uh, how much how much stock do you put in the All Star game? Did you want to see? Uh, I'm glad that Hater's sitting out, but did you want to see Corbin Burns in there tomorrow night? Did you want to see him in there, or it's like, hey, man, take your time. It's, there's more important things. I mean, I wasn't even planning on watching it to be honest with you. So you know, they can do what they want. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, obviously. You want to see your guys representing your, your team, but there are bigger things at play here. Yeah. Um, you know, they 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 want to play. They want to play deep into October. They're going to rest up. They're going to they're going to use this time. It's cool that Devin's getting a chance now. That's pretty awesome. But you know, once you've been there, okay, cool, done. Sure. Now it's more important to, to work on the body. Uh, do you know if there's a bunch of padded walls in Los Angeles for Devin, just in case he's got a blow up? Do you, is, is there padded walls there in LA? You think? Now, now, let's not. <laughs> I'm just. I think it's an honest question. It's 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 fair and balanced. So, Andrew, I mean, what was your uh, what's your takeaway? Biggest takeaway besides them being in first place of the Brewers' first half of this season? Did they play below expectations, above expectations, or kind of like you know just kind of where we all thought they were? I'm a little disappointed. But again, they're first place. What uh, what do you think the Brewers did for this first half? I mean, it kind of goes back to to what I said at the start of the segment. You know, you can look at it and be disappointed that they're not running away with it. Um, but taking into account everything that they've been through so far, the fact that they still are in first place, you know, they're right where they're supposed to be right now. They're 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 in a great spot. Um, yeah, they're stinking going into the break. That's fine. Um, but I'll come out of it. The schedule is in their favor in the second half. They have yeah. a ton of home games, a ton of days off. Um, they're in good shape. They're going to get guys back. So don't they're freak out. Probably add guys ahead of the deadline. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. It, 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 yes, exactly. Don't be like Packer fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Andrew. Something that we always uh, wondering and have a question on: uh, Christian Yelich. Uh, obviously, these past couple of year and change. Two plus years and change have been kind of tough, but Christian Yelich and batting leadoff. Have we seen a new version of Christian Yelich kind of emerging here in the leadoff role? Looking pretty good. I mean, he's putting up some decent numbers since moving to that spot. So maybe, maybe you know. And if it works, it works. Good for it. Benjamin, what about Colton Wong? Uh, do you think it's time that the Brewers find a more permanent option at second base that's more consistent at the plate? and hopefully can get close to what Wong is able to do in the field? Because the OPS is below 700 now. He's hitting 227. Who, 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 is you, who would you put there? Well, that's what I was asking you. Do they then? But that's the response. Is, is, okay, do you think it's time to put someone else there? Well, who is the answer? I mean, there, there is no other. There's no one else they could really go to for that right now. You know, barring a trade. Uh, but then you're going to have Cole Wong making a good deal of money sitting on your bench. So for right now, there isn't a different, there isn't a better option out there. You know, he's pretty much he's going to be your guy until he's not. But just there isn't someone waiting in the wings to take it over. So he was still hitting fifth over the weekend. Would you move him down then to seventh or eighth in the lineup? 
Possibly, but I don't put much stock in all that stuff. I mean, a lot of times it's just a matter of how things match up um, and what the other options are. Um, it is what it is. You can't. It is what it is. When you don't have someone else to throw in there that's a better option, you got to stick with what brung you and hope that he swings his way out of it. Hey, Andrew, I mean, you're no stranger to a strong take and, uh, you know, coming after, like, you know, Packer fans, like you said, and I know you're a big affinity for the Wisconsin Badger football team. But we Andrew, don't need to do that today. No, but Andrew, when it comes, I, I've heard a lot of people saying this, like, sure, they'll make the playoffs, whatever. The NL Central is very easy. They'll never be able to compete against, like, the Dodgers, or they'll never be able to keep compete against, you know, insert team here that's leading their division. What do you say to people that say that, like they're already throwing in the towel uh, if the, and I'll say when the Brewers make the postseason? It's so jackass is what it is. I mean, they've yeah. proven they can hang with the Dodgers. I mean, they took them to seven games with a far less talented squad than they have now. Um, baseball is different. Yes, the Dodgers are stacked from, you know, 1 to 27 on their roster. That's fine. The Brewers have some of the best damn pitching in all the game. Then go toe-to-toe and keep these other squads in check. Their offense has to stick up, but they're able to, they're able to compete. They're able to compete, and they've proven that. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just a defeatist attitude. You get used to it from time and time again. It's, it just kind of makes me laugh because, you know, a lot of these people that are saying the Brewers aren't going to be able to compete are the same people that think it's okay to – Roll through the crappy Big Ten West, get whooped up by Ohio State. <laughs> yes, crappy yes. day after Christmas bowl game. Wildly unnecessary. Hey, the Las Vegas bowl. The Big Ten West also, accurate, for the record, is a accurate. lot better than the NL Central. <laughs> for the record. Okay. Well, now that it's got UCLA and USC in it, it'll be fine. Well, there won't be divisions at that point, but I'm saying no. The Big Ten West this season, I would say. Wisconsin has more challengers there and better challengers than the Brewers have in the Central. There you go, Andrew. You can get your Wisconsin shots in there. Hey, before I let you go, buddy, I saw you have a Facebook post, and I have to uh, bring it up. Were, yeah. Were, were, were you mowing your yard at 1130 at night? I did. What in the world? Do your neighbors hate you? What's going on here? They did not even notice. How is that possible? Because my mower is so damn quiet. <laughs> Oh, you have an electric Beautiful mower. Battery-powered battery powered mower from Milwaukee Tool. It is quiet. It sounds like a box fan. Oh, a little white noise. Yeah. Mowed my lawn. Beautiful stripes. So do you, does it have headlights then? Like what, like, or do you wear like a headlamp? How do you? It has 24 LED lights that are aimed downward in different directions. So I can see the lawn and it doesn't disturb anybody. You know, next door. So you're mowing your yard at 11:30 at night. Electric mower. It's got lights. My question is: Is there a beer in your hand? <laughs> of course. Yeah, my man, my man, Andrew. We love you, buddy. Hey, it's been a while. I'm got to get you on more, brother. I'll stop being a stranger. You stop being a stranger. Have you been to the Dells lately, though? The party. Uh, I just got back from. Uh... What seemed like a month was actually four days last night. So. Did you bring a nice little black briefcase with you? Yeah, exactly. A little fear and loathing in Wisconsin Dells? Great music out of Texas. Had some great beer. Had some great food and some great hiking. Can't beat it. Love it. Andrew, we love you. We'll keep following along. Bye, Andrew Wagner on Twitter, my friend, Forbes.com. My guy, 
And good luck in a week from now. I'm mowing your yard again at 1130. Okay, buddy? See you, Andrew. You got it. See you, buddy. There he is.